Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Uh, Ben Brady here, and today I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Mr. Drew Tashira, and as he's affectionately known amongst the office, uh, you know, isn't it, is it Kesha or is it, I can't remember the song that was, it's the Tashira, Tashira, you know, we always, we always run with that. Move your hips while you say it too, Ben. Oh, mate, don't worry, I'm I'm moving the hips, because, (laughs) mate, we always get excited when we get a phone call from Mr. Tashira in the office, so, uh, so, mate, how are you today? I'm very good, very good. How are you? Oh, mate, I'm excited to have a conversation with you because, mate, if there's if there's one thing that excites me about real estate, it's people that have actually gotten to uh, to a point in their career that their business is very stable. They they they've built some incredible real estate skill set in a relatively short period of time. Drew, how long have you been in real estate now? Um, three years. I've had my license, but two full time. Yeah, because you started off in a team, didn't you? That's correct. Yep. Okay. Elizabeth Doe team. She was, she's an awesome lady. Learned a lot from her. Um, great place to start. Um, but I really kind of wanted to, um, you know, make my own path. And I found Harcourts and, it, you know, the rest was history after that. So, mate, just a, a little bit of an understanding because you're having a, a, a really good year this year. First of all, congratulations. But can we tell the Thank listeners, you. Um, you know, how many deals will you do this year? This year... <clears throat> Um, I'm going to be right now scheduled. I have about 23 to close. Um, I'm hoping to close 25. I hope I can get another escrow or two before, um, before December 1st. Well, mate, knowing your tenacious calling schedule and your ability to get business relatively quickly, um, is that, uh, is that there's no doubt that you probably will get to 25, but mate, mate, it's been an, it's been a journey that, you know, 25 deals, um, you know what you were featured in our top 20 realtors, you know, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible that you've only been doing this two full-time years and you were amongst the top 20 for us in the United States. It's a, it's a really good credit to you because how old are you, Drew, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 27. So, so, you know, you're in a, you're in a world where, you know, you're dealing against people that have been in this industry, you know, 10, 15, even five years are still is some, some really good competition. Can we talk about just quickly before we get into your story, how, do, how have you overcome, you know, the competition that you have? Because mate, you sell real estate in Newport Beach, you sell real estate in, you know, Corona Del Mar in, you know, all, all in those, in those brand label areas that you are always in competition with some people that do some significant things in real estate. How do you get through that competition and being in the real estate industry two years full time? Um, what is the, what is the main thing that you use to beat out that competition? I think honestly, when it comes down to the bottom line, if, if you work really, really hard and just put in the hours, you're going to put yourself in, uh, in positions to be to get lucky. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I'm still putting in, you know, 60, 60 plus hour work weeks. I'm pretty sure, um, 60, maybe 70. And I'm putting myself in good positions and, 
people are understanding that I'm going to work really hard for them. And, and uh, if I do take a listing, um, there will be countless hours going into it, not just waiting back and waiting for something to happen. Um, so it's, it's just coming down, boils down to being a proactive agent and really going out and, and making it known that you're, uh, you're going to hit the ground running right when, right when uh, you get started with somebody. How did you figure that out, mate? Just quickly, like, like, let's talk about where was the moment where you figured that out? Because, you know, it takes a pretty, pretty intelligent sort of person. And I know that you've got a engineering background and and you're certainly a detailed orientated thinker of things. Um, And I've enjoyed watching your process and we'll get through to a little bit more of that shortly because you spoke at our kickstart at the beginning of this year in both um, San Diego and you went up to Reno as well to speak to the team up there. And you did a phenomenal job. And it was interesting just to see the thought process that had gone into your business. How did you come to the notion that just simply showing them that you're going to work the hardest that anybody else could in order to get that business. How did you figure that out? Um, it's a good question. I, uh, I've always been somebody that works, works really hard. Um, I mean, I'm, I've, I played water polo. I'm super competitive. Um, I played it on a collegiate level. I quit water polo. I started an engineering team at, at Long Beach State, uh, we started at 18th place. Um, we took, we went from 18th place to 14th place to second place my senior year in the in the nation. Oh, wow! Um, and so, it was. It's always just been a competitive thing. I think I like to provide the best service, be the best, um, and and when I can help other people succeed, right, I succeed. So. When I help people reach their goals, they help me reach my goals too. And um, when you work really hard for somebody and they know that you put in countless hours and, you know, you get them a good number for their home or even if you don't and they know that you've put in all the work and nobody else is going to put in that much work and it becomes really realistic to them that this is the most money that they're going to get for their house because I guarantee nobody's going to work as hard as Drew just did. That is right? that is pure, pure gold, mate. That is something that if you guys are listening, rewind quickly, hit that reverse 30 seconds button. What Drew just pointed out then is something that takes real estate agents years and I know hundreds of thousands of real estate agents that have no idea what you just said. They don't have any grasp of the notion of that if you work incredibly hard, it is a defining thing for a seller to see and go well i know that this is what the market's going to offer because nobody else is going to work as hard as that that is an incredible thought process and it is a pure gold and it's probably one of the one of the really big pillars of your business over the last two years drew because it's funny you know um uh first of all i didn't get an invite to your client party but uh, that's okay we'll talk about that after this um however jason jason and <laughs> jason went to it um and mate you had a client appreciation party and you had like 45 50 people there and it's funny that you know if you ask them to uh walk over hot coals for you um they probably every person in the room probably would have you know jason and i were having a discussion about it before the podcast and he's like these people are literally drew to sheer fans like he could actually bring out a line of clothing that said i love drew and people would wear it <laughs> 
It's 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 interesting that you know it's ref- that what your philosophy is reflected over to those clients, and it's and it's impressive that you're building a foundation for your business so early on that you could always you know if you get if you get out of the rhythm or the momentum of the prospecting, and we'll get to that and talk about your prospecting um, habits and routines. But if you got out of that rhythm, you could fall back on a little bit of what you've already built with just in two years because it's so solid that foundation of clients. Would you say that's fair enough? Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that's fair. Um, you know, and, and even if you get out of rhythm a little bit, if you just call one of your past clients just to have a chat with one of them, they just put you in better spirits instantly, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Right? Like, they just like, wow, okay, I did. I remember that. Just take me back to that time in that place where, you know, they were so excited and super happy and it gets you back like i'm I, that's the person i am I, i've just had a rough day you know now i can get back into my rhythm and and um and you know get to get to prospecting or or hunting deals down or whatever the case is right yeah exactly mate what is your what's your driver what's what's the why for for, for drew you know like it's funny that I reflect on the on the comment that you made just before in respective that you you uh, put an engineering team together in uh, at uh, a college and you guys went from 18th to second place in the nation, which is incredible considering. Um, you know what? What? Why? What's the driving force behind something like that? What's the driving force to do better in real estate? I know that there's the financial side of it, and you know, um, at the end of the day, the financials is always going to be one of those things. Um, but what? Why? Why are you so focused on this? Um, really to, I mean, to break it down, I mean, it just takes as much effort to suck as it does to be good. So you might as well be the best, right? <laughs> that's good. That should be a bumper sticker. That's incredible. Oh, so, that's great. So like, if you're going to spend your whole life doing something like, you know, you might as you got to find, and, and people say like you got to find something you love and i thought it was all bs you know when i was trying still trying to figure out my life and i'm still figuring out my life right but (laughs) but i i do love what i do i do like what i I wake up every morning i'm excited to hit the phones i'm excited to put try to put deals together show houses right i like i like meeting people um this is definitely you know uh what i feel like i I, i'm supposed to do in life um especially in this time of my life right yeah and 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 that's the and that's the thing drew is that the thing i want to reflect on a little bit more is that not a lot of people in real estate um you know i did a i did a podcast with chad whitfeld where i did an interview and one of the things that he said that i I certainly resonated with is that reason that i'm in real estate is because i'm a misfit you know i can barely read write and spell a lot of us are in real estate because we are misfits and and we didn't have another option to go to you had an option you got to the like you you had an option and you you were an engineer is that correct yep and, was, uh, and why? Construction, engineering, management. And, just, and why real estate, mate? Uh, it was weird. I got my. I was doing my engineering courses in college, and on the side of my uh, engineering classes, I was like, I think I just want to get my real estate license. I don't know why, um, but I'm just going to do it. And I guess it kind of. I've always been around it. My dad was a custom home builder okay. in Napa. I mean, he used to build like beautiful homes he still does um you know he's got super super high level of detail and it was kind of just built into me 
And then my stepmom, who's been, you know, in my family for over 15 years now, mm-hmm. she was a founder of NV Design in Napa. So interior design stuff, right? So my house was always getting painted new colors and furniture was always going in and out because they kind of used our house as a show house in Napa. Yep. Yep. And so um, <clears throat> it was it was just cool. I really enjoyed it. It was fun to be a part of that, right? I was always looking at my dad's sketches and he would build 3D models of houses, not on a computer, like out of like um, little styrofoam in our living room. Oh, and so I've cool. always kind of been around that type of stuff. And and um, I thought commercial construction was going to be like what I love to do. But really, I, I, I love residential construction and 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 architecture and stuff like that. And so it's, so the, the real estate industry was sort of calling to you, mate. So how did you find your first opportunity with that team? Like, like how, did you, how did you grasp it or how did, what was the conversation to get involved in real estate? Um, I was working full-time as an engineer mm-hmm. and then I was looking to figure out where my first, um, where to hang my license at once because I, I didn't even know what that even meant, hanging the license somewhere. So... <laughs> I just found something on ZipRecruiter, like a Keller Williams ad somewhere. I joined a Keller Williams. Um, I was there for like uh, maybe a month, and I was like, wow, this is what people call work, you know? Yeah. Because because I'm like coming in after a a 10-hour job, right? I was on the job site at 6 a.m. I'd leave there around 3.30, 4. I'd go to the office till like get in there around four o'clock and it would just be absolutely empty. Yep. And, you know, and I was like, well, okay, I, I think I can do this, you know? So, <laughs> and then <laughs> right, just based on how hard people were. That's exactly right. You just all of a sudden find the deficiency in the industry and go, Oh my God, if I actually just turn up, I'm going to do good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So, um, so then I found Elizabeth though, cause she's, I mean, she is super impressive yep. uh, lady has her, she's got kind of an engineering, um, mindset too, okay. like super systematized, right. Her business is, um, just processes that work always evaluating herself. Like she's a big fan of Gary Keller who like is a mathematician, right. About mm-hmm. how many times you have to get in front of somebody to connect with them right and how many times yeah they have to see your name before they'll do a transaction with you so i really liked that whole side right if you can just build a business based on if this then that right if i do this then that well it's it was you saw it as an equation um that you could find the solution for you know or the answer to like it's 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 interesting the the answer being sold or getting business you know you built yourself an equation to do so which is which is nice and that's something that resonated with you um i guess that you know you were part of that team um you know how long were you part of that team for i think two and a half months and and what was the driving force to make you like talk me through the decision process to go out on your own mate um, it was interesting. So I met, uh, a Harcourt's, uh, owner, uh, art. Um, I met him while I was out door knocking cause I was just pounding the pavement when I first started, right. Trying yep. to get leads in Newport Heights. And I found this off market, um, in a cul-de-sac. And at the same time, art had a listing on the corner in the same cul-de-sac. So I was like, well, 
I need a buyer for this. I don't know what the heck to do. Right. So mm-hmm. I need to find a buyer for this house because the sellers want to sell, you know, on the market. So, um, I called art and I said, Hey, can I work one of your open houses this weekend? Just, you know, and then I was hoping to just find a buyer there and say, Hey, look, what do you want to fix her up or at the end of the street type of thing? Right. Yep. Yep. And, um, so then we ended up getting together. I came into the Newport, Newport office. Um, and, um, and then we kind of just started talking and then, he was like, you got to meet with Kevin. And I didn't really want to switch because I felt like I owed something to the Elizabeth Doe team a little bit. Yep. They had just started there. Right. Okay. And, um, but then I met Kevin and Kevin met me at like seven thirty at night because I was very stringent on my prospecting hours. It was like, <laughs> I need to prospect between four and seven o'clock so I can meet you after seven o'clock if, if you want to meet. And so Kevin, I didn't know who Kevin was at the time. So <laughs> I really, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to, if, if we're going to meet, like it's got to be after this time. So um, looking back on that, I would have met with Kevin at any time of the day now. Right. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah. He's probably thinking, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, but, well, exactly. Mate, and, and, in, and in that conversation, what was the swaying point to you, mate, that, that made you decide that, hey, I can do this on my own. You know what I mean? Um, the point of differentiation, um, that Harcourt has right with auctions, Mm -hmm. um, is, is, it's a numbers thing for me again, right? It goes back to our numbers and how much better as far as a closing rate, um, we have compared to traditional real estate. Yep. Um, that's the bottom line why I joined Harcourt's it makes sense to me from a, from a process standpoint, like this, instead of, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a liar. I don't lie to people. No. You know, and I'm never going to lie to somebody to get a listing as far as over for, for pricing. Right. Yeah, yeah correct. And that's, that's what like our industry's drowning of, you know, agents that just, that's what they do every day. It's right? really, it's yeah. really, it's really funny, Drew, is that, you know, your engineering background is sort of given you this pedigree that has made you um, perfect for real estate. It's funny about that. You know, like there's a pedigree in, in real estate that ultimately, you know, you've, you've come up with two incredible learnings being in the business two years. The first one is that it, you just need to work incredibly hard for somebody and they will realize that it's the market value because they know that, the, that, Drew, that Drew worked his absolute butt off for it. Like that's unbelievable that people go through real estate their entire lives and they wonder why they didn't sell as many many properties and that's clearly the factor um the other thing is also there as well is that you don't lie to people so your integrity as an individual the auction process speaks to you incredibly because you don't have to sit in somebody's living room and over promise and under deliver you actually just say well we're actually going to give you a process to find the highest price rather than simply me promise it and come back later and disappoint you you know like it's it's it, it, it it's funny how it, it's funny how like it's this is a learning for me and that's why i'm reiterating it is the fact that you know first of all the numbers game you know really really gave you that pedigree for real estate but then also being a really nice really good person <laughs> auction resonated for you because you're just a good guy it does does that make sense yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So, and 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 uh, and I'm just trying to I'm just trying to go through my own deficiencies in my own head at the moment, mate, and just reiterate to myself I'm a good guy because I like auction. <laughs> there you go. But mate, like interesting enough, like you you grasped 
it, it, and it all makes a little bit more sense and it kind of makes a couple of my questions that I had for you superfluous now is in the sense that, you know, I was going to ask, you know, what why did auction resonate with you? You know, why have you used it so much in your business? Because you run the process arguably better than, than you know, 90% of the people out there. You run it really perfectly and, and I probably don't need to ask you why is because we've already established that you just stick to a process and you just, and, and, and you don't question it and you, and you go through it. Um, mate, you've had some times though where you've questioned auction for a little while though. You, you, you're like, is this working for me? Is it not working for me? Can you walk me through how you how you bring yourself back and how and how how uh, how you've come back to the process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I don't think I ever really questioned it. I think everybody just has points in their career where not every not everything can always be good, right? Yeah, correct. You're always going to have like it's it's always a circle, right? And there's always going to be ups and downs and. And, you know, talking to people that have been in the industry a long time, what I've learned the most is to try to keep your emotions and everything between the lines, right? Never be just like super high emotional or excited about a deal and never be too upset about it, right? Yeah. And so, but bringing me back to auctions, I mean, I'm, I've never doubted the process. Obviously, I'm, you know, I just went on a listing appointment yesterday, pitched an auction. Yeah. Yep. And, I, you know, and I'm, I've got, two or three listings coming on in January, all auction. Um, I think at the end of the line, if it doesn't work, just be, it, the only reason it doesn't work is because there's just, if, if you're in a high price point, you know, statistically speaking from like a Stephen Thomas housing report, um, you know, over 2 million only makes up about like six or 7% of the buyer demand out there right now. Yeah. Right. So it's just, there wasn't not even one person looking at that time you know, in that area at that price. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that's just the, the harsh reality sometimes. I mean, there, there isn't a ton of people that can afford that and, and, or is looking at that at that time. It just might be, maybe the timing was off. And, and at that point, if you can educate your seller, right. Based on if there was some feedback, at least some people, you're always going to have people that show up. Right. But right. maybe not, it's not just the right fit for them. But if you can, run a good open house and a good campaign and, you know, give seller feedback the whole entire time after every weekend. Um, I write down all everybody's name from open houses. I don't let people write their information down. I write that down myself. That's perfect. That's awesome. And, and, um, and I, I will ask somebody before they leave, where do you see value at this house? You and know, and, that, and there's that. a and there's a critical question that ninety percent of realtors that I've met don't ask. What do you think the value is, or where do you see value at? You know, and even if yeah. it's not at the open house, it's later. Like that's a critical part in in giving your sellers really good feedback. And I think that all of this boils down to mate your philosophy of just really working hard for them and get and and letting them know that you're working hard for them because you're asking those type of questions for them so that they can learn the marketplace even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, mate, you, you know, you're, you are a, like, I, I really want to get into this with you just now. Um, and, and I know I don't want to take too long. Um, but the thing that I, I really enjoyed at the beginning of this year is watching you on the phones calling expired listings. Um, you know, I really enjoyed your process. I really enjoyed how you approached it. Um, you know, you're just relentless in perspective of your prospecting time and you're relentless in your ability to learn your scripts and dialogue and make sure 
sure that you've got the answers and, and everything of that nature. Can you walk um, the listeners through a little bit of what a day in the life of Drew looks like from a prospecting perspective? Is And, and also at the end of that, t- talk to us about you know how much of your business is expired listings now. Okay. Um, yeah, so I try, I actually just moved my, my times around a little bit because I was stressing really hard to try to get in the office by eight 30. Okay. And, I'm sorry, by eight o'clock. Um, but it just, I work out at 6am, yep. I get home by seven fifteen, seven thirty, 30 and you know, it's just a tight window mm-hmm. and instead of, so I, I moved it, I'm up, I'm getting in the office by eight 30 and I start calling immediately when I get in there. Um, so at the very latest, I'm on the phones by 8:45. Mm-hmm. I try to do about two to three hours in the morning, and but more importantly, like that's that's ideal. Yep. Um, more important, and I, I take a nice break between 12 and two or 11 and two, somewhere in there, right? Yep. Uh, but I like to be back in the office by two o'clock to um, <clears throat> get any admin stuff done get me, my emails done because by three thirty, four o'clock, it's like, that's really my, my, my game time, um, of, of hitting the phones really hard between three thirty and, and four till, you know, like last night I was in the office till eight o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Cause you were just feeling the rhythm. Is that like it, it, you were just enjoying what you were doing? You didn't have anywhere else to go. So you just stayed on the phones. Is that was your thinking behind yeah, it? Yeah. Well, Sometimes, you know, you just get crushed, right? And everybody doesn't want to talk to you mm-hmm. and you can't get through to somebody. And and then and then some days you, you like, it's like magic is coming out of your mouth, <laughs> you know? And they just, like, can't stop talking to you. People just, everybody's picking up their phone. Like, you know, it's just, it's crazy. And, and that was so, one of those days, was it? I had, I had a really good day yesterday. So, um, so yeah. I, I, I went back to the office after a listing appointment and had some calls and uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was good till eight o'clock and some people get upset when you're calling that late, but most people are relaxing. Yeah. And, and yeah. They're, yeah. They're not in the middle of work, their work day stressed out about something else. Right. Yep. And, and uh, they, they, they have the mental capacity and if you're genuine and you're nice and you're not aggressive on the phone and you just really are there to have a conversation, um, but a, a structured conversation nonetheless. Right? Can, you, can you give us an example of that? So ring, 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 and they pick up the phone. What is just your, your opening line? Let's not go into objections or anything like that, but what's your opening line? It's just, hi, this is true to share. I'm calling from Harcourt's Prime Properties in Newport Beach, and I ask them how their day, how, you know, how's your day going? And that's, yeah, and, and, it, and that's soft. It's nice. It's soft. It's nice. And you can tell instantly if somebody's like, they're going to either ask, answer your question and ask you how their, your day is going. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they ask you, if, you know, how, how are you, you know, then it's like, okay, this person's nice. They're, they're relaxed. And you instantly know that you're going to be able to talk to him for over a minute or so. Right. Okay. So, or they're, you know, what do you want? Yeah. I'm just getting done with dinner or, you know, and I'm like, all right, no worries. I, I'm, I know it's kind of late. I was just at, wondering if I could just ask you a couple quick questions and then, and then they either say, I, I ask permission to ask questions, mm-hmm. right? It's respecting. I know it's late. Um, and, uh, and if they say yes, then, then they've granted me permission to ask questions, right? Yeah, that's right. So, 
it's not like I'm going into them and asking them about the most important purchase that they've ever made. You know, yeah, it's not like a, it's not so aggressive. It's a very like, I know I'm intruding on your life right now, but I'm being polite about it. Will you give me a couple minutes on the phone? Yeah, that's cool. That's a really that's that's interesting um, from a perspective of a lot of people would expect from somebody that does as much business as you do. They get on the phone and they're just this, "Hey, I'm here to get you the most money for your property. I need to talk to you." Like, and it's just like really sharp, and it's and it's not. You're just you're just, "Hey, how are you going?" Um, you know, trying to engage them in some way, shape, or form to get an honest conversation going. Yeah, I'm a normal person. I've sold a lot of homes like exactly this way this year believe it or not and i just had and it was over 50 people been at the my client party just so you know yeah okay, over I'm, 50. Sorry. I'm sorry um it would have been there uh, would have been more if i was invited but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> but you know i met most of those people over a phone call and that's and, and that's that's amazing to consider that 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 that's what you've done through cold calling hard work yeah. and a lot of it being well, and some of it being auction. You know, is that the the reality of that combination and that formula to sort of put it in in your mindset, Drew? Is that you know you've you've put all of that together um, to create this formula that works for you, and and now that it works for you, I think that you've got a something that you need to grasp a hold of, and you're going to work with really hard. And I know that I know that there's just going to be just more and more success every year that it goes on, and I know that your business is going to be recession proof, regardless of whether the market dips down or it goes up or whatever it may be i think that consistency is something that you've built from what you do on a daily perspective and i think that everyone can take away that you've got it in a formula now to end out the podcast mate i just want to ask 2020 is approaching give us an understanding and if you're comfortable sharing some of your goals that you've set in place for yourself because you know i remember you and i having a conversation of what you wanted to achieve um you know and and that's still out there at the moment. I believe it was 40 deals or it might have been 44 million or something along those lines that you wanted to sell in, in residential sales. Um, is that mm-hmm. the goal for next year or what are, we, what are we talking here? Yeah, I think that was a little bit of an ambitious, uh, ambitious goal um, being like second goal year in, right? But if you're, if you, even if you come up short on a, a super ambitious goal like that, you know, it's still doing you, well. You still came up short, and it's still a good year, right? Yeah, correct, absolutely. Um, so this year, I'm going to be about half of that, mm-hmm. which, um, which considering, you know, I, I doubled from last year. I was at 11 million this year. I'm probably going to be around 22 to 25 million, depending yeah. if some Con- of these deals. Congratulations, congratulations, mate, because that's a, that's a, that's an incredible achievement to double your business year on year. You know, there's you know there's not many businesses there out there in the world that can double themselves year on year. Right. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, so what, so what's the goal for, what's the goal for 2020, mate? I, I, I seriously think I can do 44 million this, this next year and double it again. Um, I think I, I definitely know I can. Um, it's just going to be another year of grinding it out. Yep. Um, but I'm ready for it. It, know, sound, gonna... it sounds like you're ready for it, mate. You said you got a few listings coming up in January. You're front loading your year already. That's perfect. Yep, it's perfect. I got, um, you know, doing these auction listings. I you you meet like some great buyers too, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, so I've got you know a couple big buyers that I'm working with. Um, a, a two point five that should buy in the be- end of this year, beginning mm-hmm. next year. So I really think it's possible. Um, and uh, yeah, you know. 
there's only one way to find out, right? Yeah, that's right. And and mate, uh, and <laughs> and how are you going to stay motivated throughout the year? You're just going to stick to your formula. Like, what do you do to relax and and do you get away for a few vacations? Have you got those planned, or or is it just spontaneous for you? Um, yeah, I've got those planned for sure. I've got uh, I've just got my Icon Pass for um for the ski trip ski season this year so um you know i know i'm going to be working a lot on the weekends yep. but skiing's best during the week anyway so um i'll definitely be uh sneaking out of here like on tuesday tuesday wednesdays you know um knowing that i'm going to work my six-day week still right or my five-day week still um through the weekend and i'll i'll take my my break during the week and get some enjoyment out of that i love snow skiing yeah so yeah great I'll be in Mammoth quite a bit this winter um and then i don't know i definitely this this has been by far the best year of my life just as a whole yep um just because i've done i've met the coolest people um business has been very good i've done two international or three international trips this year um, so, you know, I, I plan on doing a couple, like at least one international trip next year and then some d- domestic trips as well. That's cool, mate. Well, it's been a pleasure to watch it so far, Drew. And the thing that we're all we're all excited about is to continue to watch it. I think that the other thing is also is is that anybody that's in the industry that's within those two or three years of starting, you should really ha- take advantage of uh, getting in contact with Drew um, because his uh, you know his philosophy on things, as you guys can see, is that he's got a system, he's got a process, he's got everything. So, mate, wanted to say thank you for taking your time on the podcast. I know you've got a busy day ahead, um, but again, thanks for everything you do for, um, within the network work and uh, and certainly thank you from Harcourt Auctions as well of everything that you're doing for the team there as well mate it's been great thank you Ben appreciate it thanks buddy I'll see you soon All right.